And now, what do, we what do I have here, declares the Lord? For my people have been taken away for nothing, and those who rule them mock, declares the Lord. And all day long, my name is constantly blasphemed. Therefore, my people will know my name. Therefore, in that day, they will know that it is I who foretold it. Yes, it is I. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Good morning, everyone. I'm going to read some names to you. They may be familiar to you. They may not. Troy Cummings, Calvin Reed, J.T. McClone, H.G. Smith, F.R. Petty, Nelson Stark, James Rushing. And then the list continues. Wilson Dowell, Harvey Piddock, Grady Resco, D.B. Rambo, Oral Farris, Sanford Thompson, Charles Monroe, Roy Smith, Jerry Mays, Cliff Allen, Johnny Lehman, Joe Talbot, Jewel Bourne, Wayford English, Bill Knight, Ron McDaniel, Jim Carl, David, if I say his name wrong, I apologize, Bertmeyer, Roger Thompson, Don Kelly, Ron White, Charles Garrett, Frank Hittle, Tom Wenzel, Joe Hairston, Robin Lee, and Bob Long. Some of these names may start sounding familiar to you. F.R. Petty, Flavel Yately, Sr., Hank Tanker Tankersley, Stan Ship, Clifton Rogers, Derry Montgomery, Homer Anderson, Randy Moody, Chris Benjamin, Chris Workman, David Ingram, Charles Boren, Charles Porter, Charles Wilson, Derry Clark, Chris Hatchett, David Moses, uh, Stephen Corbett, Scott Meadows, Hoss Ridgeway, Cole Montgomery. Kurt Duns, uh, A.G. Fidroa, Cliff Allen. Some of these names may be familiar to you. Some of them you may have no clue who they are, especially the first name I read, Troy Cummings. These are names of leaders of this congregation from its birth, from its conception. Troy Cummings brought some people together. There were eight that met that day and started this church. These are just some of the men that have led this church to where we are today. And I know Memorial Day is about honoring those who have served and who have lost their lives while serving. But I think it would be wrong for us to ignore those who have served in the kingdom and have given their lives to serving and died being faithful to Christ. Like I said, these are names that were given from the very beginning, starting in March 5th, 1944, when this church was founded. Since then, we have, we've got more people that are currently leading. Uh, our missionaries, Andrew Banjarnahor, who we're uh, recognizing this month as our missionary of the month. Shelley Bryant, John Baptiste Cherie, Joaquin Reyes-Para, and Lindsay Phillips. 
And our current elders, Craig Nesbitt, Jerry Miller, Randy Moore, Jeff Poles, David Day, Kevin Hunter, and Gary McBrayer. And our staff, Alan Ritchie, myself, and I'd be wrong to ignore those who actually do the hard work of the office, Cindy Yates, Jamie Day, Beth Pan, and Ronnie Mullins. They're the ones that keep everything running smoothly. You see, the church is nothing when we don't have people acting. When people do, when people go. And I, I'll be the first to admit, this list, as long as it may be, is completely incomplete. We cannot name enough people who actually have led in our church. And these are just men, and I just admitted, I just said the uh, office staff as well, this does not include the women. And in my six and a half years here, I, I cannot help but include people like Joanne Taylor, Juana Cox, Helen Brown, Martha Wenzel, Shirley Eaves, and many, many more. All of these people have had a huge impact on this congregation. Every one of them. And as said, the list is so incomplete. It is impossible for me with my limited time here, and perhaps some of you older folks with the same issue as me, memory loss, uh, we, we just can't fill the whole list. And so, tomorrow is Memorial Day, where we as a country recognize those who have given their lives fighting for this country. But I do think it's important that we recognize those who have given their lives to serving the church. So often we focus on the missions of the church. In fact, that's what we're doing in our Bible class, our Sunday morning Bible class. We're recognizing the missions, the ministries we're focused on. Uh, next week is missions, so let me encourage you to be there for that and hear about the works that we're supporting. But we focus on all these missions, and yet we forget that we are a mission field. We forget that Lake Jackson is a mission field. Clute, Richwood, Angleton, wherever you're from, Danbury, those way up there, um, we are living in a mission field. Missions is not just overseas. Missions is not just those, we'll, we'll send those who want to go. Missions starts in your home. Missions starts with your parents, your siblings, your children, your grandchildren, wherever you are in your stage of life. Mission starts there. It has to start there. When I asked Alan if what he wanted me to preach on this morning, I thought he was going to tell me, just pick up from Romans. Uh, we've just come to the end of chapter 8, which, by the way, is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Um, I was excited. I was ready. All right, let's hit chapter 9. And he said, no, we'll, we'll wait on that, unless you want to do 9, 10, and 11. I'm like, oh, nope, not, not today. Thank you. Um, he said, preach whatever you want. 
It's, it's up to you. So I asked some friends, hey, I'm, there are 66 books in the Bible. What, what do I pick? And they said, preach on what you're passionate about. And so that's what I'm doing this morning. I'm preaching about what I'm passionate about. And I love missions. Growing up, I, I, we've, we always had people in our house. We always had people from all over the world uh, staying with us. Uh, we were the lead contact for the church in Bristol. And it was just really neat um, having so many connections. Growing up, I'd always heard the stories of when my family lived over here uh, in West Monroe, Louisiana, as my, my dad went through the uh, Whites Ferry Road School of Biblical Studies. And we've always had these connections with Americans and wherever, just people come visit, have dinner, whatever. And our home was always open to whoever needed to come. We didn't always have the means for it, but God always provided. And that was something that was really cool. Now I'm looking back, I get to see that. I get to see, how did we even do this? We couldn't, and God did. And that was so cool. And so, I'm going to read from, let me get my thoughts right. I've come off, off script a little bit. Missions really starts in Matthew t chapter 28. And we'll read the last few verses there. It says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is Jesus speaking. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is such an important scripture. Because without this, Acts and everything else couldn't have happened. If Jesus just said, all right, y'all, you, you stay there, and I'll bring everybody to you. Okay, it worked for Noah. I get that. Um, but, but that's not the way humans work. Uh, we have to go. We have to build relationships. We have to work with the people. And it says, go. Go into all the world and preach. I've seen this sign on, on many church buildings uh, or in their parking lots, and I, I think it's a really cool sign. You are now entering the mission field. This is your, this is your harbor. This is your place of rest. This is where you come to, to refuel and perhaps get ready for the week ahead. But as soon as you step out of those doors, you're in a mission field. And I think we so often forget that home is a mission field. Whatever we consider home is our mission field. I think so often we think, um, well, that's the job of the preacher, the, the youth minister, the, the paid ones. That's their job to go and do. Before I decided, way before I even considered youth ministry to be my career uh, or church work as a whole, um, I knew church was always going to be a part of my life. I just never realized how much of a part of my life, if that makes sense. When I was 17, I was working for an accident and repair center uh, in Bristol. Uh, my brother-in-law got me into the job. I started off as just an office junior, learning how to work in the office. They really wanted me to help organize the office. 
And I, apparently I did myself out of a job uh, because the office became so organized they didn't need me anymore. And so they moved me to the repair center, the, to the parts department. And so there I am working with all these mechanics. They're, you've heard language of mechanics, right? And they, they can be up there with the, the sailors and everybody else. Um, and, and these mechanics, they, their language was mechanical. Um, and so, you know, uh, here I am, this 17-year-old boy, um, just got moved into a very uncomfortable position. It was cold in that office, especially in the winter. Um, the, the doors were one of those swing door things. Um, we had all the parts on one side of the office, and just Andy and I shared um, two desks next to each other. And Andy said to me one time, there's something different about you. Can't put my finger on it, but there's something different about you. Same shirt, same, I, I don't know what it is. Not got the haircut yet. Um, and so it was a few days later. Conversation had already been forgotten. He said, I know what it is. You know what? You don't swear. Yeah, okay. And so just me not using language like everybody else made me stand out. And he said, why? Why don't you swear like everybody else? I said, well, I don't see the point. Um, God tells me that's not something we should be doing. You know, I once set an example. I'm a Christian. This is what I, I this is the way I was raised. And I tell you this story, not so I get a pat on the back. That's not the point. The purpose of the story is you don't have to be a preacher to stand out. You don't have to be full-time ministry to minister. Whether you're watching online or in here, most of you have never held a full-time ministry position. And that does not exclude you from ministering. It does not stop you from from stepping out and building relationships with your neighbors, your friends, the checkout clerk. Um, it doesn't stop you from being Jesus to these people and building an, enough of a relationship that they see something different about you. They see something is better about you. Matthew 28 tells us to go and make disciples. This command is for you and for me. It doesn't say, once you've, when you become a preacher, when you become a full-time minister, you can go. It doesn't say, uh, once you've had several years of experience, you should then think about looking for opportunities to, to maybe let a little bit of light of Jesus shine through you. It doesn't say, send somebody willing to go overseas and let them do the work. No, this command is for you and I. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your skin color. It doesn't matter your gender, your experience, any of your background. This command says, go. You have no excuse. Go. That's why it's called the Great Commission. It's great because it's powerful. It's amazing. It does amazing things. And it's for everyone. And it's a commission because you are being sent. 
And so I am sending you, Lake Jackson, into this community, into your workplace, into your family. Go. Missions isn't just about sending overseas. It's about living it here and now. I don't know if you've ever considered Lake Jackson area, uh, and I've got a, I keep saying Lake Jackson because that's where this church building is, but I know you're not all in Lake Jackson. We even have some weird ones from West Columbia. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever considered your neighborhood to be a mission field. For many here, it is home, and mission fields are overseas. It's our children's homes, those that we support. Have you ever considered me to be a missionary? Because I'm not from around here. Perhaps I've been sent and you just didn't know it. I don't know. But we've all, if you think about it, the, the song, this world is not my home, I'm just passing through. This world isn't our home. We're not from here. And we're not gonna be staying here. So minister while you are here. Garrett read from us the story, uh, the, sorry, the passage from Isaiah 52. And it's somewhat repeated in uh, Romans chapter 10. Uh, starting in verse uh, 9, it says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Remember, it's with your mouth you are professing. You are preaching Jesus in what you say. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to, put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This text tells us that there is no difference between you or I. This side of the congregation or this side of the congregation or that side online and in the balcony. There is no difference. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then it goes on to say, how can people know if they are not told? And how can people tell if they are not sent? Church, for years, before I got here, this congregation has been known for its missions. And when we were sending mission groups, and Joe Talbot, I wish he was here to be able to tell all the stories, this church boomed. It grew, and it was tighter than ever, and it was amazing from what I hear. If we stop sending, if we stop going ourselves, the way, the way our culture is going today, this church will die. 
And that's a wake-up call for every one of you. If we do not go, this church will die. The, the way um, trends have shown, uh, older generations, uh, people would leave church when they were, they would go to church for Bible class and that sort of thing. They would go to college and often kind of do their own thing. When they started having their own kids, they would start coming back and bringing their families, and then they would stay. Trends are showing that people are leaving the church, even if they're going to Bible class, and they are not returning. They are not coming back. Even when they have their own kids, they are not coming back. And y'all, that's not good enough. It is our job to reach them and show them that we have something that they need, Jesus. I want to see this church boom again. I want to see these seats completely filled. Who cares about COVID? We have Jesus. Okay, that might have gone too far. Okay. Um, <laughs> I want these seats to be filled. I want new people in here. I want to see Jesus working in our community. So when we go to Walmart and somebody says, hey, what do you know about the Church of Christ? Oh, you want to be a part of that. Not, who's that? Which one is that? On, is that on Church Row? Uh, which one is it? We need to stand out. And to do that, it takes you. It takes every one of you. We have no excuse to get up from here and go to lunch and, and not share the good news of Jesus. Whether you are waited on by uh, somebody in the restaurant or whether you go to, your, um, go to the grocery store and you have your bags packed or whatever, be Jesus. Look for opportunities to share what he has done in your life. For, uh, Second Timothy, uh, starting in verse 7, um, I didn't write in my own notes which uh, chapter. Anyway, it says, for the spirits of God... For the Spirit of God gave us, sorry, do I have that on here? No? Okay. Um, for the Spirit of God gave us, um, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and dis uh, discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony by the, sorry, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He saved us and has called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, because of his own, verse 8. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus before and the beginning of, sorry, I missed that last line, of time. Thank you. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. 
That's why I'm suffering as I am. Yet, not, yet this is no cause for shame because uh, I know whom I have believed and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted him to do, so entrusted him until that day. What you heard from me keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Thank you for that, AV team. You're awesome. For the Spirit of God does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. We have no reason to be ashamed of whose we are. We have no reason to not preach the gospel. And as one of those philosophers said, preach the word, and if possible, if needed, use words. Right? We have no reason to ignore the Great Commission. It is great because it's so important. It is great because He is with us. And He does not make us timid, but rather He gives us love, power, and self discipline. And He pours out His purpose on us all. Now, the names I read at the very beginning of this lesson, them something, and they joined in something great by being leaders and innovators of this body. Don't just be a Sunday morning seat warmer or a number that we count each week. Come to our Bible classes and learn for sure. And the sermons are awesome when Alan's speaking. But use these as an additional fire to your own study and what you're doing in your day-to-day -day life. If you don't go, like I said, this church will die. The way, and you can look at any of the researches, people are not willingly going to church if they are not brought in. People are not researching for themselves. My mom, she, she's one of my heroes, one of my greatest heroes. And she studied the Bible. She knew some, there was more about life than just living. And so she started reading the Bible and started asking questions. And she came to faith on her own. People are not doing that these days. They're turning to social media. They're turning to the news. They're turning to anything but God. And that is why we have to go. You have to commit to knowing each other here, bringing people in and reaching out all at the same time. You are not too old. You are not too young. You do, not, uh, you do know en enough, and you are able to use whatever gifts God has blessed you with. God made you who you are and puts you in places that no others can go. Those of you who work for Dow or in school system or whatever, I cannot go to Dow and I cannot just start talking to somebody. I think I'd be arrested. You have places that I cannot go to. You have places that other people in this room 
cannot go to. You have to reach those that no one else can. Go, and he will always be with you. Go. There are opportunities for you to reach out to the people around you and uh, they're around your world. Uh, there are many opportunities for you to reach out to the congregation here uh, with the ministries we have. You don't have to be a teacher, but you can be. You might not know how to work with people of different needs, but you can learn. You might not like certain ages, but you can always make a difference. If you wish to respond to anything said this morning, if you wish to accept the challenge and go always, let me encourage you to do so. I, I titled this always because go is such a, a common name for sermons like this. But I wanted to leave you with something positive. Not just go, but the promise that comes with it. Surely I am with you always to the end of the age. We have no need to fear. We have no need to, to question. God is with us always when we are going. And so if there is any, any response to anything this morning, if you feel challenged to get up and go, the doors are right there. You don't have to come forward. If you feel God's presence, go. If you want to, but you don't know where to begin, let me encourage you to reach out to the elders, uh, the people around you, to ask, how do I do this? How do I step out? How do I go? And if you are at home, you can reach out through the text number there, 979-217-3300, and ask, how do I do this? I want to be a part of something great. I want to be a part of something amazing. I want to be a part where I can see God moving in my life and changing the world around me. I do want to encourage you to go and do, live out the Great Commission. Be the light in the darkness. Be that city on a hill that cannot be hidden. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let's stand and sing. You are my strength when I am weak. You 